Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Connie Kadanski on the line. Connie, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation because you're going to help a lot of our audience members today with something that I struggled with early in my career. And I think it's going to be really helpful for them. So why don't you share a little bit about you and this awesome work you do? Well, I am a sales call reluctance coach. And so what does that mean is that I help salespeople get their ask in gear. And so just to define it, sales call reluctance is that emotional hesitation to proactively prospect and promote your business. That is awesome. And and as I hinted, you know, sales call reluctance or even making phone calls is something that many of us struggle with. Uh, I think partly because of fear of rejection or just a lack of self-confidence that we have that what we actually are doing isn't that big of a deal when for many business owners, they've created a product or service that is really beneficial to society or you know the areas that they serve. And they're actually robbing people of the opportunity to learn about these services if they're afraid to make those calls. Yes, thank you, Michael. And it's so true is that when the salesperson or the business owner knows their value and just absolutely every fiber of their body know that they are a, they have their product or service is a solution to the prospective client customer's problem then that helps tremendously and when salespeople experience call reluctance they're coming at that call what I call self-centrically, like, oh, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? Oh, what if they already have somebody they know and love? Oh, what are they going to think of me? They're really making it self-centric. So the first tip that I can give your audience is when you're ready to pick up the phone and make a call, maybe to a current customer or somebody, is just say to yourself, it's not about me. It's not about me. And that can really alleviate some of that internal pressure. I was interviewing a guest the other day, and he actually mentioned that because he's a a life coach and a business coach, and he's been very successful for several years and has done great work. But he had hinted that having those phone calls with past customers to see if they would actually be interested in working with him again. Uh, which was, you know, at first it, it caught me by surprise. I'm like, wait a minute, you're really successful. You've done some great things with all the people that you've worked with, but you have reluctance to call those people again just to check in to see how they're doing. So even the most successful people struggle with these things. So that, that's an amazing tip. What other tips do you have for us? Yes, and just to pick up on that is 40% of seasoned sales professionals admit to having one to two 
episodes of call reluctance that were severe enough to threaten their career. They start thinking, oh, wow, is this career even for me anymore? So just know that sales call reluctance is nothing to be embarrassed about. Living with it needlessly is. And so many people think about call reluctance that I am promoting cold calling. I don't promote cold calling. You do your homework within your niche You are calling somebody that may not know you. However, you know that they buy your product or service or that it could be a value to them. And so I always say that when when you're what do you refer to your prospecting as and you're really appointment setting. So my a lot of my clients there, they put it on their calendar, my appointment setting time. So set the stage for the ultimate result that you want. You want an appointment, right? So your appointment setting time versus, oh, my cold calling time. Who wants to make a cold call? No. And I believe that that's in complete integrity with that next tip that I just gave. Yeah, a good colleague of mine, Virginia Muskies, she does a lot of work with helping people and organizations and businesses to find out who their ideal customer is. So that call doesn't have to be cold. You, you, you work in that space. They may not know you, but they may know of you or your product or your service. And those calls are a lot warmer than you just picking up a, a phone book kind of dating myself there, or going on Google and typing in names of whoever you serve in a particular area and just start, you know, randomly calling people. It's like, no, do your homework, you know, spend some time into things. And when you do that, you know, the ratio of success is definitely going to improve. It's not a hundred percent, nothing really is, but you're going to be a lot better off because you've done some initial legwork on what that customer is about. And you probably have a pretty good idea what they need. And once you, you know, match those needs, then, then uh, that's when things start to move along. Well, yes, yes. And uh, I got a call from somebody that does web redesign. And he said, Connie, I'm on your website. I don't know if you know it or not, but there are like three or four broken links. And I'm going, what? So... He knew. And did he get my attention? Did I lean in? And so it's really being so in in this day and age is there is a prospect that has a problem and that they're looking for somebody who has authority and empathy that knows how to create a plan to solve their problem so that they can in that they can avoid failure. So who wants broken links on the website? I'm like, what? And so that I can have a successful appearance on on the on the web, right? And so that is where you just really really realize because our prospects want our expertise. They also need our empathy because people always buy emotionally and justify logically. So when you can recognize and have that, that's also a key. It's it's important too, the no like and trust factor. We've heard about that. And we like doing business with organizations or people that we like. Uh, it just makes the transaction a lot more pleasant. And 
and even in this day and age, and I want to go back to something we talked about earlier as far as salespeople having you know reluctance to to make calls. I worked with an organization. It was you know a few months into the pandemic last year, and their sales team was really struggling, and they had noticed that the sales had dropped off, even though what you know they offer as a service or a product was definitely recession-proof. People need what they offer. But their sales team was really struggling. And the big component of it was a lot of them were just uncomfortable having Zoom calls like we're having right now. They were more used to meeting face-to-face in a restaurant or maybe out on the golf course or somewhere else and, and having conversations with these people. And it, you know, a lot of them were struggling with it and they were getting some self-doubt in their ability to sell. And I went in, I said, look, you know, we're, we're doing the same thing. I said, you see me, we're looking at each other eye to eye right now. We're not in the same room. We're in a virtual room, but we're, so we're in that room, but we're not in the, you know, human touch type of situation. So that aspect has changed. Your ability to sell has not you can still be engaging in a conversation like this. You can ask the questions you do, you know, how are the family? What's going on with this? How are you navigating through this pandemic? Is there anything new that your business needs that you may not have needed before, but now because of this pandemic, you maybe you need some additional widgets or whatever they happen to sell. And it really helped. And then the next quarter, you know, they did quite well. They turned things around pretty quick. And it was a simple, just giving them permission to say, you haven't forgotten how to sell. You haven't forgotten how to do your job. The tools that we're using today, quite frankly, probably in the future is going to be a little bit different. doesn't say that we're not going to be able to do the face-to-face again. However, think of it this way, as you get better with this tool, You've just expanded your potential client base because now you can reach into markets where you normally wouldn't be able to travel easily to, but you could still serve them if the client is willing to engage this way. And pretty much everybody's been engaging virtually over these last 15 to 18 months. So it'll be a hybrid kind of thing. But you know what? There's going to, as I tell everybody that I work with, don't delete your Zoom account once this is all said and done. Because <laughs> many of us may want to, including the masks and everything else that we've had to deal with. But let's keep it open because you may end up using it to grow your business on top of the people that you service locally. Oh, absolutely. And prospects actually, they prefer it because they, you know, a Zoom call is in and out and there's not a lot of that. And we need to get used to it. The pandemic brought an epidemic of call reluctance because of the different ways that salespeople generated leads leads and developed rapport. And I mean, even when you look at the hybrid trade shows now, there's a huge trade show going on in Germany for the medical um, global sales arena and the departments of commerce of all the countries have come together. And it is exciting. It is so exciting to be able to think about just expanding your capacity, expanding your curiosity 
and learning how to develop rapport other than just a handshake, right? So there is a lot of fun things that we can do in order to authentically get in front of our customer, our client. And one thing, Michael, that I think that a lot of salespeople that do that are prospecting, when you're making a prospecting call, you're looking for the interest. Is there a shared interest? So salesperson, you're interested to find out how interested they are in what it is that you do. And so I just merely say, how much focus and interest do you have on? And then I say, and then let them say yes, no, or whatever. And another thing is when we're prospecting, our prospects have a pattern. And oftentimes, if we catch them at a bad time or a hurried time, they'll go, oh, I'm not interested. Well, it's our salespeople. We need to have an ability to interrupt that pattern. And so many salespeople, oh, you're not interested. Well, to be able to say, hmm, I understand. And to be able to have a question that takes them outside of, I'm not interested. So, I'm not, you know, um, I'm not interested is I see, I'm curious, what are you doing about XYZ? I'm curious, right? So there's a lot that go into that for the salesperson that's very prepared. And you're looking for somebody who actually cares, like shared interest, shared care. And most importantly, the third is a shared commitment. So to have a legitimate prospect they need to be committed to telling us as the salesperson the truth and telling us where they really are and committed to telling us accurate information so we can determine whether we should pursue this further for on their behalf. So there's a lot more than just that regular making those calls. There's a deeper understanding that needs to come into play. Does that make sense? It does, and it it brought to mind a couple things. One, you know, the question that you'd ask about, you know, okay, you know, how are you dealing even as a salesperson? You're asking the prospect, you know, how are you dealing with this particular situation or challenge that that particular sector, maybe that company, is dealing with? That is a win-win in both ways because one, it's like you're you're showing, you know. A, interest basically in what's going on with them and even if it's a potential prospect that may not be your client they may give you some insights on how to deal with whatever issue you're challenging to actually strengthen your product offering you know i worked in sales software for uh, a long time and one of the things that we did in talking to prospects and even existing customers is okay what what's not working on this app you know, or this program, what, what's, what's frustrating you? And, you know, we could always go to our support team and say, okay, what are we getting calls on? And you could look at it and go, okay, is there ways to improve that? Is there ways that we could have a focus group to help us you know, redesign something that is obviously creating a lot of extra work for our support team and frustration with our clients? And, you know, clients can be your best referral partners as well, because if you have something that is a large scale or even small scale product or service, you want your clients to be happy and calling them, even the ones that continue to pay you, you know, should be something that you should do 
frequently because again, that that nurtures the relationship. And that's what a lot of this is. It's a relationship. Yes, there's a financial transaction and you know, you, you buy goods and transfer currency units and everybody's happy. But the one organization or the organizations that I think will continue to shine and grow. Uh, once we're through this pandemic and you know over the next you know 20 to 50 years are going to be those organizations that go a little bit above and beyond and are not just there you know they're actually showing interest in their customers and and the needs of those people oh absolutely Yes, nurture and keep in touch and keep, say, how are we tracking anything that, yes, yes, thank you, yes. So, Michael, one thing that people don't really think about is there's the salesperson and here is their new business development, their prospecting activity. There's a relationship, which is the third entity between salesperson prospecting and that third entity is the relationship. The relationship is intelligent and has a voice. And so oftentimes when people struggle with call reluctance, it's because they have an inharmonious relationship with their business building activity. And so that's one of the things when I coach salespeople is really getting them into understanding I want to have a good relationship with my business building activity instead of a stop start, instead of having fear and anxiety. How do I develop a good relationship with this activity that gets me in front of prospects and helps me solve their problem and they buy from me and we create a whole new relationship there. So I just wanted to zero in on that. And that is really the the part that can make the most difference in a salesperson's prospecting activity. Yeah, anxiety is a big one. And I think that's where a lot of the challenges come in because it brings back past experiences or could even be childhood trauma as as you know simple as that could be it's like well how, why was that in relation to work but you know the people that I've worked with I've seen because they do a lot of work in the burnout space and a lot of the burnout in issues that people deal with go way way back it's not just something at this particular job it's been you know deeply rooted for for several, several years, if not decades. And ultimately it boils down to, okay, getting yourself the confidence. And it's a pep talk every day. You know, you think about sports teams, okay, the greatest athletes uh, that are continually successful and have played well for a long time and win championships and all of that. Every day they practice they refine their art. It's not a okay. I, I know how to make sales calls, and they don't do any, they don't do anything to grow or enhance. Every every call is an opportunity to learn and get better, and you, know, you pick up the nuances. And you know the people that you're calling. And a lot of it could be industry based too. You know, there's certain sectors where you know the call behavior and who you're calling is different than let's say someone that's prospecting for marketing or you know the example you gave earlier the you know the, the website fixing broken links and all of that would be different than you calling 
for construction related things, but ultimately it's humans connecting to humans and figuring out the language that you know, the receiving party will understand and comprehend with what you're saying, I think goes a long way in making you have a fighting chance to be able to be successful at your calls. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that goes back to knowing your value. And if somebody says no, is what do you make the no mean? And many salespeople make the no mean that they're not good enough, that their product's not good enough, et cetera. And just say to yourself, if somebody says no, and just say, what am I making that no mean? I'm not going to let it throw me down the self-doubt spiral. My product and service has so much value because I have proof because I have other customers. And so, you know, you let it go, let it go. You caught them at a bad time. Timing is everything. And you can even say, hey, it looks like I caught you at a bad time. Could I keep you, call you from time to time? And some people will say yes. And some people say, no, take me off your list. And you say, thank you. Thank you. So it's it really comes down to learning how to detach from the outcome. A lot of salespeople are disattached to the sale. They're hugging the trophy is enjoy the process and detach from the outcome. And wow, business starts coming to you easier and easier with less effort. Yes, the no's are a gift because it tells you, okay, this is, you know, especially if they say no to uh, getting called again, uh, then it's helping you fine tune your list to having people that you do want to work with you. And yes, your product or service is great because you have existing customers. Even if it's a customer of two or three, they believe in your product and there's more people that believe in it as well. And the key is to you know find those people. And you'll, as you said, you'll get better and more confident because w- once you realize, okay, you know, what am I going to make this no mean? Well, you look at it. It's okay. Why did they say no? Again, that could be you know, bad day, or it could be, you know, this actually wasn't the right client because of where they're based, what type of products or services they typically buy. There's a variety of reasons. But once you figure that out, then you know, okay, I'm not going to necessarily focus on that section of the industry that I serve because they tend to not be interested in what I offer. Um, Connie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? Well, you can go to um, LinkedIn, Connie Kadansky, and you can see, and uh, all my contact information is there. You can link in with me. You can go to my website, exceptionalsales.com, and I do have an opt-in where you can take a complimentary prospecting EKG. It's a paper and pencil assessment, or you can actually zip through and take your prospecting EKG, or you can feel if you're not car reluctant, feel free to give me a call. And my, all my contact information is on exceptional sales because I do answer my phone because prospects call me and I'm always available. And I bring that up because 
I was talking to a salesperson and she goes, I don't answer my phone anymore because all it is is salespeople calling me. And I said, holy smokes, what if it's a prospect that's calling you? So we need to be able to answer our phones when we're available and respect the salespeople that are calling us because that's what we want when we prospect other people. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. I really appreciate your time. And thank you for doing what you're doing. I know I went through your different podcast. And just like you say that you have different people that can really help your audience. And I, I appreciate what you're doing for business people and salespeople. Thank you so much, Connie. I really appreciate your time today. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.